Welcome to That International Life, stories from around the world, but mostly from Poland. song you just heard is by Sky Siemtwa, and she is our guest today. She grew up in Flagstaff, Arizona with her parents and older brother Ryan. So Sky, your dad passed away when you were 12 years old, but it wasn't really until your senior year that things really changed. Uh, your mom was diagnosed with cancer and was gone often for treatments. How do you feel that affected yeah. you at oh, that man. time of your life? <laughs> like I should have thought about this. <laughs> uh, before, but um, uh, I guess like well, when my mom was around, like I, I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. Like when I grew up, like at first I wanted to be an architect and stuff, and so like as far as like thinking about the future, and I wasn't really sure if I like wanted to go to college or not. And I was actually like planning on taking like a year off after I graduated to like go road trip. Um, mm-hmm and kind of like explore for a bit before I went to college. And then once my mom got sick and like she passed away, I kind of was like, oh, I think I need to like go to college because that sounds like a responsible thing to do. And I didn't really like want to go. So I feel like that kind of, I don't know, if my mom was still around, like, uh, I don't know. I guess, <laughs> I feel like when I had parents, I, uh, I guess I like just did what I was supposed to do. <laughs> Um, because like they're around to like, I don't know, see me succeed. <laughs> but then yeah. after like my mom died, uh, I didn't really have as much accountability cause I was like, well, screw it. I can do whatever I want. So, uh, I don't know. So I feel like I, I stopped having such like, res- uh, uh, word, like responsible goals. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I feel like, uh, like I, after, after my mom died, I didn't really plan a whole lot other than like I want to be in a band and like I don't know be in a band and tour around and be in a band (laughs) yeah yeah and I wonder uh, I mean it it seems like if if you already were saying oh I don't want to you know listen to authority or something and then you know it seems like you know respected your parents but then when you had them kind of away did you feel like there was somebody else who you respected who you felt like was pushing you or yeah like I think probably the only person would be like Ryan Mm -hmm. well not the only person I'm sure a lot of people like you know wanted to see me do well but I didn't feel like I needed to like you didn't need to please them (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah like even with Ryan like I wanted to like please him by being like oh yeah I'm in college I'm getting good grades but it wasn't really even that much like I was like oh that sounds nice but when it came down to it like I remember we'd have um, kind of like a deal where if I got better grades than him, he would take me out to dinner because he was also in school at the time. And then if I, if he had, I don't know, if he had better grades than me, then I'd have to buy him dinner kind of thing. <laughs> but then, uh, so it like kind of worked out the beginning, but then 
I ended up like never having better grades, but like we never had dinner anyway. You're all darn it. It's like the chore chart that you have when you're little that like works maybe for a week. And then all of a sudden you're all, nothing happens if I do chores. Nothing happens if I don't do chores. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to do my chores. And chores, let's all like, and we used to have chores growing up. And like, I remember having to clean the litter box. And if I didn't do my chores, I wouldn't get my allowance at the end of the week. But eventually I was like, well, it's like $12. I think I'm just like not going to clean the litter box. <laughs> I can handle like not getting $12 a week. <laughs> like really cleaning the litter box. See, that's what I'm but, saying. It's like yeah. logical. It's just not good <laughs> yeah. to be too logical. You're all, wait a minute. It's not worth it. <laughs> the pain this is <laughs> going to take me. It's cool. I work in the ice cream cone factory. Like I make a lot. I make like 12 bucks an hour. So I'm not cleaning that cat box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing that definitely changed. Uh, when my mom died, it was I pretty much just stopped going to church completely because I felt like I had to go to church if my mom was there. Because uh, kind of like growing up, like I always like led the double life where I'd go to church and do all the youth group and stuff. But then, like when I was 15, I started drinking, and so like on the weekends, I'd go party a lot, and sometimes I'd like leave worship like totally hungover, and I feel like some like the church had to have known or somebody. But I'm like, no one ever said anything. Mm. I don't know if I told you guys. But yeah. yeah. Um, then after my mom died, I was just like, all right, well, I guess I'm done with this whole like church God thing. Cause, yeah, I guess like I was just always, just, I don't know, kind of going through the motions. But I know I spent a lot of my time worrying like if I ever was like actually saved or going to heaven, like. I was always scared, like, that the rapture came and that I would just, like, be left behind because I didn't, like, believe hard enough, I guess. Mm-hmm. So then after that, like, I kind of just um, went to school and so, like, my friends kind of raised me from then on mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just because, I don't know, I got all my support from, like, the Mia's crowd, like, the super hipster crowd of downtown like stuff, mm-hmm. which makes good I don't parents. Know, it was, like, nice. they don't make you clean the litter box right yeah yeah i don't don't know it was cool like i met i really liked my friends that i had uh like out of high school and college i always felt like i don't know i was just like one of the cool kids and doing cool stuff and going to shows and like um i don't know like knowing a lot of people Mm -hmm. hanging out thought it was like the coolest but I was also very sad I was drinking tons and like making a fool of myself then everyone was like oh it's okay you're depressed like your mom just died it's fine <laughs> but but also like it wasn't fine <laughs> yeah so um yeah I don't know it's weird like my friends put up with a lot of crap um with me just being like sad and drunk and then like I was suicidal a couple times um but I don't know if I was like really suicidal or if I was just like I could imagine, like, if I actually ever, like, would try to kill myself. Like, I think if I actually tried, it would happen. But I don't think I'd actually ever get that far. But, and I also, at the same time, like, I drink so much. Like, I'm surprised that I am still alive. <laughs> and that my liver is, like, fine. As I was going to say, you have a functioning like, liver. <laughs> yeah, like, I was, I don't know. I got um, some blood work and stuff done uh, when I was in jail recently. And uh, they said that my liver was, like, totally functional and fine. And I was like... That's like, awesome. Like, blown away because, like, yeah, that's insane. Like, what should it be? <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, it's kind of like the party scene and drinking and like smoking lots of weed. How long did that time? What's that? Oh, go ahead. (laughs) I was like, I'm doing acid and cocaine and uh, I think that's, yeah, concentrates are like the THC concentrates. But, well, I think like, so my dad died when I was 11 and I think, I guess that's like when I first started being depressed. Mm -hmm. Um, And... um, yeah, because I think I was, like, kind of depressed, like, yeah, like all throughout high school. Um, but I was still, like, pretty busy doing stuff, like, yeah. you know, high school. <laughs> and then, like, just being involved with the church and stuff. Like, I was constantly doing stuff. And, um, yeah, so it's, like, if I'm busy, you know, it seems like I'm less depressed. But then once my mom died and I stopped going to church and then, um, like, I went, like, I signed up for school, but I pretty much dropped out of a lot of classes towards the end of the semester and so I feel like I was only kind of halfway in school um, but yeah so I just spent more time like partying <laughs> and drinking and like I guess it was a lot of fun but I think it was just because I didn't want to like deal uh, with being sad yeah I think I guess back then like it also I got like a boyfriend at some point too mm-hmm. and so for like three years um, things were a lot better um I think, like, even my friends were kind of, like, happy that I, uh, I met Justin just because, like, he had two kids, and he was a math teacher, and so he was, like, very dollar responsibility, and, you know, I had, like, raised kids, so, um, yeah, so when we, like, lived together, it was cool, because I was very, like, I, well, I didn't party as much. We also kind of, like, moved to Payson, so I wasn't into, like, stuff anymore, um, but, I don't know, that was, like, fun, and we, like, made music. Um, I had a job for a while, like, at a health and wellness center, um, but then... Uh, when we moved to Payson, uh, I started smoking spice because I didn't have, I didn't know anybody down there that smoked weed or sold weed because <laughs> I just moved. And uh, spice is like a horrible, horrible synthetic drug that makes you go crazy. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Um, yeah, like it's, it's really horrible. Uh, it's, it's like, uh, it's so bad. And I didn't know that uh, when I started because they sold it at like, and they still sell it at like head shops and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's cheaper than weed and it feels the same. Um, but it just, it, like, it makes you go crazy. Because after, like, a month of smoking that, like, maybe three weeks to a month, I guess, I just started getting, like, crazy and paranoid. And, like, I thought, like, the cops were after me and I hadn't done anything. I just was, like, paranoid that the cops were coming for some reason. And I, like, never in my life had panic attacks until, um, I don't know, I was, like, freaking out and stressed out about my job because we got, like, this manager who was like an alcoholic and he was just like drinking on the job all the time and like I was just really 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 stressed out and that was one um and it kind of was like a spiral actually like I uh like moved to Payson and everything was going really good um and I remember doing some molly with I don't know Justin's little sister like it was an electric king or like first Friday they have dance parties at mm-hmm. and like that. So um, we'd go to Electric Kingdom. And so I remember one time we went and we did some Molly and we ended up taking like two capsules and one was like more than enough. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. when uh, it just like, I don't know, it was just too much. <laughs> like there's a part, a point in time where if you take too much Molly, like you start like chewing on the inside of your face. And, like, <gasps> oh my goodness. I don't know. I went home and slept it off and like, um, with Molly, it 
you know, it messes up your brain chemistry for a little bit. So you do get like a depressed after you do it. Like it's not a huge depression, but it's like feeling glum for like a day or two. Mm-hmm. And we took so much that like, I feel like just that feeling sad on top of like smoking spice and then like freaking out about like my job at home. Like I, I don't know. I started just like freaking out. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I guess mostly in my head, but I just, my whole entire life, like not, nothing was okay for some reason. It was like a weird feeling. Um, but I guess just being, yeah, antsy and panicked and like being like, Oh, what am I doing with my life? Also kind of was in the back of my head because I wasn't in college and I don't know, wasn't in a band. Well, I guess I wasn't a band, but we weren't like playing shows and like touring and stuff. Um, so I don't know. I eventually like, I think around the springtime it got better because I remember like things got pretty bad, but kind of like I got some help from my boss because she was like an owner of a health and wellness center. So she knows like a lot about nutrition and then just also about like stress. So when we had like a masseuse that works out was like, well, you're like way stressed out. You need to like chill. And so <laughs> they kind of helped me like figure out productive ways to get rid of this like stress that I was having. And, um, yeah, and then I stopped smoking spice and things a lot better. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then I just I, I just kept like smoking weed. I was like a really big stoner, I guess, in college because I started smoking weed in high school, but I didn't really like it in high school. Um, but yeah, so things were okay for a little bit. Um, like I don't know, living with Justin, it was nice because we had the two kids, so we would always I don't know be doing and going on trips and then like I don't know we were pretty busy um but then we moved out to the res Justin got a job teaching at the high school and I think after living there for like a year I was kind of just like oh I don't know if this is what I want to be doing and I didn't know I don't know I just feel like my life had no direction and I didn't know like what I wanted to do with myself so I ended up breaking up with Justin and then um that was like the summer of 2013 like right around when uh, Ryan and I were selling our house. I don't know. I broke up with Justin, and that's like where I was living. And I yeah. was moving back into Flagstaff to live with Ryan and Beth because they were living in the house that we were selling, and that just didn't work. I guess that's when we decided to sell it because we couldn't live together. Yeah, and then we sold the house. And I don't know. I guess that's, I think that's when things kind of got really bad <laughs> as far as like um, I became like really, well, I was really social for a while. Oh, and then. I got arrested in Flagstaff. <laughs> uh, that's okay. So that's kind of like what happened. So <laughs> um, I was homeless. <laughs> I was homeless for like one summer, um, 2013, I think. And uh, it was because we sold our house. And I've always been bad about like paying rent. And I've never well owning a house didn't really have to pay rent. But even just like bills and stuff, I'm really bad with my money. Um, but uh, so I just didn't. Oh, and I didn't have a job at the time. I had, I, well, I worked for China Garden, but I think I only worked like one day a week just because I was like too busy partying all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like, um, yeah, so I didn't really have a job. And uh, once I moved, I broke up with Justin. I was kind of just like crashing with my friends um, and hanging out with them, which worked out for a while. Um, but as the summer went on, like, I don't know, I was just partying. And, like, uh, and after breaking up with Justin, like, my friend circle kind of got weird because people, I don't know, like, choose sides. But everyone was like, why are you breaking up with Justin? And, like, why? Like, this is so, like, you guys are so good together. Like, what are you doing? And um, 
I met some travelers that were uh, walking from like San Francisco to Florida and they were on this like mission to do that. And I think they were like five months in and they had made it from San Francisco. Um, wow. But I started hanging out with them and just, yeah, like they're pretty cool kids. Uh, we, and they actually, they like made it all the way, like strictly walking to Florida. It took like a year and three months. But, oh, wow. um, yeah. So, but they're, they just kind of like showed me like how to live like in the forest. And like I found out that there's a lot of homeless people and like staff that just like live in the trees kind of like in bushes and stuff like in downtown and like ravines and stuff but like and not like the ones you see but like people that like don't look homeless it's so weird i spent the summer meeting all these crazy people that like so weird because it was like the most fun i had ever had and like the most free i felt but then also just like the craziest uh i guess not the craziest but a pretty crazy time yeah the craziest was 2015 but um yeah so I don't know. So, and then my friends that I was hanging out with, like, before, they all, we kind of, like, drifted apart. Like, a lot of drama happened, like, with me house-sitting a dog, and I, like, lost the dog. And, like, luckily the dog, like, was fine and got back to its owner and stuff, but that kind of, like, caused a lot of drama, and, like, my friends started getting mad at me. I don't know. I just felt like nobody liked me anymore. Yeah. (laughs) And that everyone thought I was, like, going crazy. And at this point, like, I was mostly just, like, smoking a lot of weed. I don't think I, like, when I was homeless, I wasn't doing, like, cocaine or molly or, um, I guess I did acid, like, twice. I don't know. I guess I, like, forgot about the whole getting arrested part. <laughs> I over that. When I met these traveler people, uh, I don't know, there was a show at the Cottage House, which is, like, a house that plays shows sometimes in the basement. And um, there was a show there, and I was like, sweet, I'm going to go to the show and, like, play guitar, because I just like got this Fender Hartzfeld guitar and I was stoked about it and randomly my friends and I were hanging out like at Wheeler Park and we met this like traveler kid I remember his name right now I think it was like Christian or something but he was like just traveling around kind of like soul searching and he um, let us keep our stuff in his motel that was like on 66 Mm -hmm. and so that was pretty nice of him he was all, like, happy because we were like, oh, yeah, there's a show you can come to um, at college. And so he was, like, stoked to be seeing a show. And, yeah, everything was going pretty great except for when I had to go grab my guitar from the motel room. And the door was locked and I didn't have a key. But, like, we told him, the people at the front desk, that, like, he put me on the name or, like, put my name on the room so mm-hmm. that they would know that I was staying there. I think we had to pay, like, $10 more or something. But, anyway, so I went to the front desk and try to talk to them and ask them if they would let me in and they said no so I was like man well I really need my guitar so I went back to the room and I was like trying to open the window from the outside like seeing if there's any way I could just like get in there and then like the window cracked oh. and so then I was like oh that sucks yeah and it happened like in front of like one of their employees who was like was smoking a cigarette and um and he was like did you just break that window and I was like yeah I did like I'll fix it before we leave in the morning and I was just like I'll piss off about it because I was like man so then I ended up just going back to the show and like I went back to the room in the morning, got all my stuff and like took a shower and then like I was trying to figure out how I was going to fix the window because I didn't have money to like pay for it and like I don't really know what I was thinking but the owners ended up like take like half an hour before like check out there just like what are you doing like are you going to fix the window and I was like I don't know like I don't know like what I'm supposed to do like you guys should just let me in and anyway it was dumb on my part but um 
like we ended up just getting mad at, at each other and I remember like kind of like slamming my hand against the window and it didn't break anymore but um, they're just like get off like we're calling the cops so then they called the cops on me um, I was with my friend Graham and this other kid named I don't even know what his name is some nickname it's probably not his real name but um like we went and just sat on the other side of like Route 66 um kind of by the train tracks like I guess just thinking about like what we were going to do next and like how I was going to fix the window. And then the cops came and uh, arrested me for like destruction of property. Um, so I was in jail for like a month in Flagstaff waiting for that date and everything. And, uh, and I was, yeah, the first time I went to jail. Oh, wow. All right. Well, no, that wasn't the first time I went to jail. Cause <laughs> I had been like, I had no, yeah. So that was the first time I was like booked into jail. But, yeah, so I, like, got booked into jail, and that was 30 days. Like, I wasn't expecting um, to be there for so long. I thought it would be, like, a weekend or something. Uh, but that was, like, I don't know, that was really hard for me. Um, just, uh, I don't think anyone even knew I was in jail for, like, the first, like, 15 or 20 days. I don't really, I can't remember how Ryan and Beth and Adrian found out. But eventually, one day, they came to visit me, and it was, like, so nice. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah. It was, I don't know. It was harder for me in Flagstaff jail, even though Flagstaff jail is like kind of nice compared to like Jefferson County. I don't know. Just like being in jail, like I never. I guess it what was harder for me was just being in jail with all the ladies in jail. I didn't really get along with all of them. Oh. Um, I got along with most of them. And also, when I went in, I had like recently shaved my head, so I looked like a boy. So everyone just thought that I was um, like a lesbian, and I wasn't. I don't know. So like I was getting hit on like a lot and there was like some girl that wanted to fight me and I was like so scared, but at the same time, like trying not to like act scared. It was so stressful for me. That was in flag <laughs> um, stuff? Yeah, that was in flag stuff. Oh. Cause then I was in general population. So it was like 30 or 40 girls all together in this room oh, for man. like a month. That sounds scary. <laughs> yeah. It was really scary the first time. And I think just cause it was my first time in jail, it was a lot more scarier than like it really is um, now. Sadly, I feel like a pro at jail because I'm not scared of jail anymore <laughs> after being there for five months at Jefferson County. Like, You're going to start your so blog I'm, called Jail Hacks? <laughs> I was thinking about it. Jail for idiots? So jail yeah, and I could just be like, the thing you know, concentration camp girls, like, <laughs> a lot easier. <laughs> I don't know. I was reading a lot of You have a lot of resources. Jefferson County. Yeah. So I was like, seriously, this is like not that bad. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when I was when I was first in jail, it was pretty sad because uh, I was just scared. I like made friends. I was really friends uh, friends with all of the older ladies, and then um, I had trouble getting along with the girls that were my age or younger, mm. um, or just even a little bit older, trying to tell me like what to do. Like older ladies, I'll like they know what they're talking about and they're chill, but all the younger girls were like sassy and like wanted to start fights and stuff. And I was just like, you guys are so dumb and like, uh, yeah. Um, and the guards, that was kind of a weird thing. Uh, a couple of the guards at the jail, like, were kids I went to high school with. Oh, wow. So that was awkward. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know. At the same time, like, I, I'd never been to jail, and I was like, I'm going to make the most of this. So I, like, was working out every day. Like, I read a bunch of books. I got a tattoo and, like, um, I don't know, learned how to be really crafty with the supplies you get in jail. As far as, like, I don't know. I When I got to jail, I was in a leotard. That had a zipper on it and like some daisy dukes so because the leotard had a zipper i wasn't allowed to wear it in jail so i didn't have like a bra or underwear when i was there it was really awkward because they have jumpsuits in like stuff. yeah um 
So it's like if you go to the bathroom, like you have to take off like all your clothes basically, and then use the restroom. And I was just like so annoyed because I didn't have a bra or underwear, and so I'd just be like, ugh. Until I got money on my books, and then someone also gave me a pair of underwear that I kind of like fashioned into a bra. Um, Out of the underwear? And then, yeah, because it was like this big old lady silky underwear Ooh. that was really big and lots of fabric. And I was smaller back then, so it didn't take a lot of fabric. <laughs> and it worked for a little bit. It like I would never like wear it on the outside, but it like worked while I was in there. Yeah, um, <laughs> you're not you're not going to use it. Yeah. To start a fashion line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that. It's not like a trend that will continue. Um, yeah. Out. But also I was drawing a lot. I did a lot of drawing. So like if any, like if I, I never, I don't know, if I wanted like some snacks or something, I could just dress them in a picture and then like order me something on commissary. So it was really Ooh. easy. But yeah, also then eventually I got turned into a trustee. So I got a um, sew in jail. I guess like that. I don't think they do it anymore, but they had a sewing program for the ladies. Ooh. And um, I learned, learned how to quilt. I made my first quilt in jail. <laughs> nice that they let me even be a trustee because generally like you can't be a trustee unless you've been sentenced and so you have like time you have to serve at that point um and then you become a trustee and it cuts your time in half but i wasn't sentenced so they were like you can just do it do it but it's not going to go towards your sentence or anything which i never got sentenced to anything anyway i just like pretty much everything was dropped when i got out like when i had my court yeah um I just had to pay like a hundred dollars in restitution and which i was like yeah dude i totally broke your window i will pay that so other than that, I didn't do like probation or anything. They're just like, pay this restitution and like, don't go back there. I think probably something they said. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So when I got out of jail, I was just like, okay, I need to like get my life straightened out. So I was like, I felt like I was having too much fun. And so then life was like, stop it. <laughs> um, stop having fun. And <laughs> I don't know, be responsible. So when I got out of jail, I ended up meeting some hippies and like went on like a little mini road trip um, to like the Grand Canyon and then to Prescott and then like Sedona, or I guess it would be Sedona, then Prescott. And then we eventually went to Phoenix and then went back up to Flag. And that was kind of a crazy, crazy trip. Um, I ended up getting stranded in Chandler Ooh. or in, in Tempe. And no, yeah. So I got tri- stranded in Chandler and then walked all the way to Tempe one night in phoenix like luckily it was at night or else i would have died because it was like in the summer um or towards the end of the summer but yeah like i got i don't know it was so weird uh when i got out of jail in flagstaff i didn't know what to do i didn't have any plans so i just started walking like towards downtown i ended up going to um this lady's house and i can't remember her name anymore but she was like one of my friend's neighbors and she was kind of crazy i think she might have been into drugs like back in the day and she was just like kind of one of those people that thinks like the government's watching. She would be like, look over there, there's a camera in the, like that tree or something like that. And she thought that like there were a bunch of dead bodies living in her attic, which she didn't even have an attic. Oh no. And um, but she was like really really nice and um, I don't know. She when I got out of jail, I went to her house and she like made me some food. And then she also was like, oh, I had a feeling you were coming over. So because um, I, I guess she found out that I was in jail somehow. I think because she was neighbors with my friend Craig and he knew and um but so she like got me this backpack or like found a backpack I'm pretty sure she didn't buy it but she got it from like the rescue mission or something but she had like a backpack for me with a pair of 
uh, Merrells that were just like the perfect size for me. Oh, and, wow. Um, some like tights and some shorts that fit and like a couple of shirts and like, uh, yeah, and then she like gave me some food and like wow. just totally, yeah, had this like thing. Because when I got out of jail, I was actually wearing a dress that they let me make in jail because. <laughs> I was like, I came in like a leotard and Daisy Dukes. Like, can I make a dress? And you took my leotard. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So, so I was like clothed. And then I met these people. Uh, This kid named Metal was doing like tarot card readings. And he was like, can I do your cards? And I was like, oh, I don't have any money. And uh, he's like, no, I'll do it for free. So he like did a reading and he chose like, I chose five cards and I don't remember like what all of them were, but I guess three out of the five cards that I chose were like high powered cards. So he thought I was like some fancy, like magical being. Cause one was the, like, one was like, got, uh, uh, what was the term? I remember one was the devil. Mm-hmm. One was some cup thing. And then, um, the high priestess was the other like oh. high card. And I don't know. So he got all excited about, yeah, the cards that I drew. And he was like, you need to come with me and my wife and our puppy and our friend Seamus were like on this road trip. I guess they're from Canada and had just been like road tripping around, um, from Canada. And they would basically just like tell jokes at gas stations to get gas from people. Are people you serious? Gas from their gas tank. Yeah. And so that's how they that's got crazy. from Canada to Arizona. Yeah, so they're like, come with us. And so I went with them. Oh, and then there was this kid, Seamus, who was like a published poet. And he, he was really good at poetry. So he would just like start laying down some fat poems and people would give him like 20 bucks. Wow. <laughs> and That's crazy. Yeah, it was cool. I was just like, wow, you guys are awesome. Um, but then after a while, like drama happened, like Seamus and Metal got into a fight. And so like when I was in the bathroom, like Seamus or Metal left Seamus, I guess. Like, so that's why I got stranded in Chandler because um, we were trying to go to Tempe, but then we, like, missed the turn. And um, so I guess, like, they took off while I was in the bathroom, and when I came out, like, they were gone, and I was just like, what? So I just, like, took all of our stuff and left, and, like, I was, like, annoyed at Seamus. And I guess they came back for me, but I was gone because I was just like, oh, that sucks. And I didn't have a lot of stuff. I just had that backpack and I think, like, a skateboard. I had some, like, credit at this, like, trade store downtown, so I got, like, a skateboard with it, which was cool. But, um, yeah, so I didn't have any stuff, and then I ended up having to, like, walk, and I just walked to Tempe, to, like, Mill Avenue, and I got there at, like, when the sun was coming up. Oh, my gosh. ended up, like, yeah, it was really weird, and I didn't know what to do, and I didn't have any money or anything, um, but I, like, made it to Tempe, uh, I guess I walked to Chiba Hut because I had one of their reward cards and had like a free sandwich. I went to Chiba Hut huh. and had a free sandwich. Yeah, it worked out. <laughs> and then I and I didn't have a phone or anything, so I just kind of like walked back to Mill Avenue and happened to like see Metal and his his wife. Her wife's name was Shannon um, or Sharon. I can't remember. Um, but I just happened to like see them walking down the street and I was like, hey, and they're like, oh, hey. Yeah, and then they're like, we have your stuff. Like, that guy Seamus is a jerk. Like, let's go back to Flagstaff. So we went back to Flagstaff. Wow. It was so crazy that I, like, saw him again. But, yeah, and then we went camping, and then they wanted me to, like, keep camping with them. But I was just like, I need to go, I don't know, not, like, I felt like I still, like, just got out of jail. So I didn't want to, like, go run off and be a gypsy or anything. I needed to, like, get my get my stuff together. Yeah. Yeah, so then I went and lived at a women's shelter for like three weeks maybe Mm -hmm. 
Um, it's just funny because it was the Hope Cottages, which is like where my mom and I used to like make dinner like once a month yeah. <laughs> when I was growing up. And so I ended up staying there and it was okay. At first I like didn't like it at all because, um, I don't know, like the first five nights that you stay there, you have to stay in the rec room, just like sleeping on a mat in, in this room with other people. And the girl that I was like sleeping next to like all night like I think she was on some kind of drugs or something but she kept like licking her fingernails all night and like sitting up and like laying down and she just like couldn't just like go to bed so oh, I was wow. like stressing out about like who are these crazy people they're having me like sleep next to um but then I don't know I only had to sleep in there for like two days when they moved me into the bunk rooms where I made some friends and it was actually it was like pretty nice because like it was some kind of structure. Like we yeah. had to leave by nine o'clock. We had to be back by six. We had to fill out like at least three or like two, three uh, job uh, applications or something productive. And um, yeah, and then we'd have like Bible study at night and then eat food. And I don't know. It was like nice because you're like living with a bunch of ladies and we'd like clean and everyone was like kind of friendly because everyone's like in a hard spot still. So. Like, it's really easy to be, like, thankful for, like, a bunch of stuff. And it was nice being in that environment where every morning, like, before breakfast, we'd kind of just, like, say what we were thankful for. But um, but eventually, I don't know, I think I got, like, sick of it because I was just, like, I wanted, oh, I wanted to, like, not have to be back at, like, 6 because it's, like, really early curfew. Yeah, that is pretty early. Yeah, and I, like, wanted to do it for mics and stuff like that, and I couldn't do any of that because it was in the evening. Um, but, yeah, so I ended up moving in with my friend at his house in Zoni Park, and that was right after jail. And then, um, and that was, like, cool, I guess, because I still didn't have any money, but, like, since we sold the house, I knew I was going to get a check soon. So, like, I didn't pay rent for, like, I think the first month that I lived there, or, like, I did when I got the check for the house but they were like chill with me living there for a while being like just totally broke <laughs> and I don't know the Broadwell family are like that's who I was staying with and they well it was just me and James living out there because um, his mom lived in Tucson but um, I don't know so I lived out there for a while it was kind of I don't know I think that's like I was still really sad but I like had a house Kinda. I just like slept on an air mattress on the floor too. So I don't know. That's when things got really weird. Eventually, like in February, uh, the Broadwell sold their house, and um, so we had to move out of it. And I didn't know like where I was gonna move to or what I was gonna do. Um, and I kind of like, I don't know. I got like weird and just sad. And I was just thinking like the whole world hated me, so I was just like disappear. So like I did. For like five months like after February when we had to move out I just kind of like hopped in my car and started driving south because I didn't think my car would really make it up north it, <laughs> it was the best old Volkswagen Golf and um <laughs> like when I got it, it didn't even have like a window so I like fixed it up and it was still drivable but I didn't know how far I was going to make it I thought it was going to break like any day because Ryan was like yeah stuff's going to like break on it yeah, so I kind of just, like, left Flagstaff and started living in motels, like, not knowing what I was going to do with myself or, like, what uh, like what to do. So I just, like, went, and eventually, I, like, I made it to Phoenix and then found this motel for, like, $230 a week called the Starlight Motel. And it's uh, on, like, I can't remember which street it is, but it's, like, on, like, a bad street in, like, Mesa. 
yeah, I ended up just like going and living there for like five months. <laughs> and I like I bought a computer and I was typing a lot of like diary entries and just like I don't even know what I was typing. And I was drinking a bunch by myself, like just sitting in a motel room, like by myself every day. I'd pretty much only leave like once a week and that was on Thursdays to like pay another week's rent and to like buy groceries. I'd like leave on Thursdays and then I would just go back to being like a hermit and like not leaving this like motel room. Wow. And uh yeah, it was I don't know, it was really strange. I was just uh like I remember just watching like YouTube videos and just being really sad and writing a lot. And I didn't know, like, who I was or, like, what I liked anymore. And I was, I don't know. It was weird. I was, like, I was putting myself back in jail, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it was really weird. Eventually, I don't know, like, even the customers would ask about me, like, the other people saying that the hotel would be, like, what does that girl do? Like, what, does she, she, does she, like, a lot of people thought I was, like, a cop because there was a lot of drug deals. And, like, the cops would get called all the time at the motel just because it was one of those. And it was super cheap. Um, the owners were some like super nice Indian family though. Like I got to know the owners a little bit, and then I got to know the housekeeper pretty well. Oh, nice. um, and so, yeah, because and I would help her clean sometimes. But she had like two kids, and then they would need like rides sometimes, so I'd give them rides. But but only on Thursdays. I just, like hung out. Yeah, only on Thursday. Well, the housekeeper would come and like knock on my door sometimes, like if they needed a ride to somewhere yeah. or. <laughs> just to like hang out to see if I was like, if I wanted to hang out. Cause she was like a single mom with two kids working at this motel. Basically she was the only housekeeper and she would just clean for her rent there. But so she, I don't know, she was like busy cleaning. Cause I don't know, sometimes people would leave like at random times and she'd have to clean the room randomly. I don't know. Yeah. So, so we became kind of friends. Like, her name was Peggy. Yeah, and after a while, like, five months, I guess I was kind of just, like, tired of being, like, depressed and sick. Because I was, like, drinking half of the week and then being hungover the other half of the week. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, it was, like, really crazy. Like, I don't know. This is why I don't know how my liver is okay. Because I would, like, go shopping on Thursday. And I would, like, start drinking on Thursday and drink until I, like, passed out. And then I'd wake up and then drink more until I passed out. And I'd do that until, like, I would be out of alcohol. And I would buy probably, like, two gallons and, like, oh, wow. uh, and like a 30-pack of beer probably, like, at the week. And I don't know if that even lasts all the time. So I was just drinking, like, an insane amount. And, um, like, I'd wake up and my hands would, like, my body would feel, like, dead. Like, like it was asleep or something, like, all numb. <laughs> like, oh, wow. it was crazy. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I would be so sick that I wouldn't be able to, like, keep food down. I would just drink water and puke a bunch, like, um, yeah. And then I guess after five months of just doing that repeatedly, I was like, oh, I don't think I want to do that anymore. So um, I decided that smoking weed would be better than drinking a bunch of alcohol. I did smoke any weed when I was in Phoenix because I didn't know anybody and I wasn't, like, trying to make any friends while I was there. <laughs> um, yeah, because I, well, I smoked weed twice when I was there because um, some people would leave their weed in the motel room, and then um, Eva would give, give it to me because she didn't like smoking weed, so she was like, here, you can have this, and I was like, sweet. So yeah. I think after, like, the second time she gave me weed, I was like, oh, I think I'm just going to smoke weed instead of drinking because I think it would make me feel better. Um, and so, like, July 1st, I decided to leave, and I just, like, 
packed up and headed up to like Colorado. I didn't really know where I was going. I was just like, well, I know that weed is legal in Colorado, so I could probably buy some there because I didn't want to get into trouble anymore with the law. Yeah. Yeah, so I started like a road trip and I was like, yeah, I'm going to change things. I still wasn't like reading the Bible or anything or even like looking for like any kind of like godly thing. I was just like, all right, what's going to make me feel better? I guess I don't want to do this forever. Yeah. And because um, I basically just like thought that like my old self was just dead <laughs> and like gone. I only gained like so much weight. I think I was like 230 pounds. Really? Yeah, I and I like would go up one flight of stairs and be like winded. It sucked. Oh. Um, but yeah, because all I would do is just lay in bed and drink and eat and sleep and drink and eat and sleep. Wow. Like I wouldn't do anything else. So I just gained tons, tons of weight. Yeah. So then I started like a road trip and I went up to like Durango. I think was the first place I stopped. But it was for like Fourth of July weekend and it was really busy and everything was expensive and like um, all the hotels were or motels were all used up so I ended up finding a hostel in Silverton Colorado and stayed there for the week of like 4th of July and I got like a guitar from a first store um and so that was like kind of the first time in like a few months that I had felt like a person again or I don't know it was yeah. weird <laughs> yeah like I because I hung out one night with the people at the hostel and like talked to some old people about their travels and stuff and so I was just like oh and a lot of them were looking for places to live too so I was like see we're all in the same boat <laughs> yeah. like no one's got their life together it's not just you and um I don't know and it was nice like I, I don't know just because I, I had a like house money so I was like really nice and generous and like so it felt nice to get back or to like tip really well or blah 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 that started off pretty cool, I think, after Durango or Silverton, maybe to like Fort, not Fort Collins, um, Telluride, I don't know, and then maybe Glenwood Springs and then Denver, and then I decided to go to Washington, so I drove up to Washington, and this whole time, I was just like waiting for the car to break down, Yeah. I just didn't think it was going to make it, and it totally didn't break down, I think at one point, like, I had to fix the, like, light indicator switch or something for the brake light pedal oh that's not too bad i don't know so i was like out looking at different places but i still wasn't like being socially active or anything like i wasn't really talking to anybody uh like my family found out that i went to washington and didn't even say hi to them and they're kind of like what the heck man you came all the way up here and you didn't even say hey um but i didn't like say hey to anybody yeah so then eventually i just decided to move to denver um just because it was cheaper than washington and I found like a trailer off Craigslist and bought it for like six grand and then paid like a year's worth of rent because you still had to like, even though I own the trailer, I didn't own the lot that it was on. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So then I kind of just like lived in the trailer and like was all about Craigslist. Like I kind of got like all of my life off of Craigslist for a little bit, which was weird because um, I got the trailer off Craigslist and then all my furniture that was inside of it I got off of like a free ad and then um like I met this girl named Brielle because she wanted like a workout partner and so we became friends and that's how I met like the dollar family and then also my friend Zach I met him because he had a musician's ad about like wanting to make music so we started hanging out and like recording also for like a little while I had a roommate there was like this guy who was like I'm homeless but I have a job and so he was like sleeping in a hallway so I was like you can sleep on my futon so he lived with me for a couple months and then like he was trying to 
get his family back together because he had, like, three sons, and his wife and him were, like, going to get a divorce, but he, like, didn't want it. And so, I don't know. But that part of, like, living in – the first part of being in Denver, it was pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Um, oh, and I started, like, volunteering for, like, reading partners. Um, I got that off Craigslist, too. And, uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I was all excited. I got, like, a bunch of musical equipment. I had gotten, like, a – keyboard like a weighted keyboard that was super nice and I got an electric drum set with like a PA system and I had like a microphone and like recording interface uh I don't know I got like a bunch of Mac computers like I had the MacBook Pro and an iMac and so I was all about like making music and recording and like my friends and I were talking about doing like a like a reality show thing or like something for YouTube so we were just like recording tons of stuff but also like that's kind of when I met my friend who my friend's actually like I met him off Craigslist I don't know if we're supposed to use other names or whatever <laughs> talking about like well you're not usually using last names so. okay yeah <laughs> and um so yeah so I met this kid off Craigslist and he was all like I met him because we he posted like a music ad and um so the first night he came and like over to my house and played some guitar and I played some guitar and I was like cool like this guy's pretty cool he's like a nice voice and he could play guitar pretty well and um then so I was like all stoked about that but then he was like oh so also like I have like some acid that I like sell and I just got like a new vial and so he didn't want to like test out the new vial yet because he had just got acid like that last night or something and he wanted to break from it so he like offered me some like free hits so I could tell him if it was, like, any good. So I got my friend uh, Rose to come over and do the acid with me. And then, like, that's how we started getting, like, heavily into acid. I had done acid, like, three times before that. Um, but the once I met Zach, like, I don't know. We started doing a lot of acid. Or, like, eventually I ended up buying, like, a vial of acid, which has, like, 100 doses in it, which is oh, a wow. lot. I don't know. So we, yeah, so then I started just taking lots of acid and thinking I was, like, the center of the universe. <laughs> and um, I don't know. It, I guess, like, I don't know. Acid's kind of weird because I feel like it's not something you get addicted to because, like, you have a trip, and by the end of your trip, you're like, I'm exhausted and I'm tired and I just want to, like, go back to reality because, mm-hmm. like, your body just stays up for a super long time. And, um yeah, so, like, uh, I don't know, we take acid, and a lot of the time I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to, but then I'd take it, and I'd be like, oh, this is the best idea ever, like, because it just makes you feel like, oh, everything in the world is, like, right, and everything makes sense, and, like, I thought, I don't know, I thought I was just, like, I knew everything, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Oh, yeah, so, this is, like, where things got really crazy, too, because, like, I, like, in January, went to, um, Washington State for Christmas, or I guess in December and January. So I was there for like New Year's. Um, and I, I don't know, hung out with my family and my friends, but I ended up like uh, meeting this kid and uh, I ended up getting pregnant in uh, like around New Year's. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize this. And then uh, like three months later, I started having a miscarriage. And I think it's because of all the acid that I was taking. But um, I just, I didn't know it was a miscarriage. I just started, like, having my period, like, all the time and then, like, copious, copious amounts of blood. Wow. So that was kind of, like, a weird thing. Uh, Yeah, I remember, like, having, 
I don't know, just like one day my friends and I decided to go to Sloan's Lake and just enjoy the day with like Jasper and take pictures and stuff. And um, like I couldn't stop bleeding. <laughs> like I kept, I don't know, like I put in a tampon and literally less than five minutes later it was full. And so like we were walking there and I was just so annoyed like because it had kind of been a problem for like a, a week or so and I was just like I've never had like a period this like long before it was really weird um but yeah like I ended up going to the lake and we had done some I think like six doses of acid before going on this walk oh wow and uh yeah it was a lot and um yeah and I was just like bleeding a whole bunch like a whole whole bunch and by the time we got to the lake, I kind of, like, just, I was so fed up with, like, trying to keep the blood from running down my legs. But I was like, whatever, I'm just going to, like, sit and let it, like, leak out of me like the old ladies used to do back in the day. Because this was ridiculous. There was just so much blood all the time. And uh, spent the afternoon at the park like that. And by the time I was done, like, my legs were just, like, covered in blood. Like, tons and tons and tons of blood. Like, it looked, like... A massacre or something so that's when we we're like oh we should probably go to the doctor and i was on acid so like tomorrow so the next day i went to planned parenthood and they're like oh you're half pregnant you're slightly pregnant and so i was like what does that mean how am i slightly pregnant um and then so we started like a baseline that day and then found out that like i was getting less and less pregnant so i must have had a miscarriage which like sucks because like i don't know like i would love to have a kid someday obviously that wasn't the right time or situation yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was, just, and it was just a weird thing. Like I didn't know I was pregnant. So I was like, well, I'm really thankful that like, I wouldn't want to like raise a kid like right now as a single mom or just like, I don't know, it wasn't the right situation, but then it's still just like, that's so, so sad. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, so I think because of that, I like started getting really crazy and I was like really, really emotional. And at the time, like my friend, um, so I think Zach was living with me along with um, Julio, one of the travelers I met from before, like Black oh. and Black staff. Um, he happened to be like an evergreen when I first moved here. So he ended up moving into my trailer too. And he had been living like, um, I had a bunk bed, so I had a bunch of extra beds. And so he was living with me. And then also we flew out Graham, his other traveler friend. He was living in San Francisco. And so we flew him out for like, almost a month, I want to say like three weeks or something, maybe just a couple weeks. I don't know, but they're all with me when this whole like miscarriage thing happened. And then I think that was like, everything was going really great. And then I got really, really, really stressed out. And um, I don't know. And then I just started like getting crazy and became like such a bitch and like an angry, angry person. <laughs> like, I was just getting, like, angry at how unfair everything was because I wasn't charging anybody rent. And, like, now that I'm – and then I went broke because I ended up just, like, spending all my money. Yeah. Um, I think the last thing I spent, like, money on was, like – I don't know. I even sold my car. And then I think – I don't know. I bought, like, a vial of acid, and they're, like, 500 bucks. And so I was, like, sweet. Well, I can just sell this, and then, like, I'll have more money. But I'm really bad at, like – selling things I just like give it away for free and I I remember being like that as a kid because I would take like candy to school to sell it like from like Sam's Club or something and then I would never make people pay I would just like give them all this candy and then I'd be like broke at the end of the week so that kind of happened again oh. um also one night I ended up like taking 
um, I don't know, I took like a whole dropper full of acid and I was by myself. Um, all, everybody was out um, camping in the mountains with Jasper, even my dog, because I was like, I just need some time alone because it had been like months since I had been alone in my own house or my own space. So um, everyone went on a camping trip. I ended up like taking uh, the, mo- the most acid I've ever taken in my life. And I was by myself, which I never said, like taken acid by myself. And uh, that was like a crazy night. I just uh, like I didn't really hallucinate when I was on acid. I just like would lose my grip of reality and like what's real and what's not real. Mm. So I was having all these like thoughts and ideas about like legitly flying my trailer into space. Like, um, yeah, I thought I like, I was really like, I'm really, I don't know, like just into aliens. And I was really excited about like, Oh, aliens are there and they're going to come and they're like going to want to abduct me because I'm just like the coolest like uh, it was yeah it was a weird train of thought so I thought I was going to get abducted by aliens and then I was like wait I don't want to get abducted by aliens without my friends they're still in the mountains so um I don't know at some point like I thought I could drive yeah my trailer up into space and I thought I could like fix things with my mind and um I had read, like, a chapter about, like, uh, what is it, quantum physics. <laughs> so I thought I, like, knew everything about that. And, like, wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was really, really, just felt great. Um, but then at one point, too, like, these thoughts of, like, um, for some reason, when I, I don't know, this memory popped into my head of a story uh, that my high school teacher told us once um, about, like, this, he used to be on like I don't know if he was a paramedic or something but he would show up when the cops got called and one time he showed up and like this lady had killed her baby she was on LSD and she thought the devil was in her baby and so she like carved out her baby's heart with like a wine glass or something oh my gosh. like that so that like happened in my mind and then I was like whoa is LSD the same as like uh acid which I guess it's like LSD. So then I was like, is that going to happen? Well, I've never had a bad trip before on acid and I don't want to kill anybody, but that seems really scary. And I got scared of that idea and what like might happen. So then I was like, I'm going to call the cops. <laughs> and so I called 911 and they came and picked me up and I was just like, yeah, I'm on like more acid than I've ever had before. And I like just had a miscarriage. So I'm feeling really emotional and weird. So they like just picked me up and then I just spent the night in the hospital uh, by myself, like, thinking that I was in some weird, like, purgatory uh, place where, like, heaven is just going up into space, um, and, like, that it was, like, my test to see if I was qualified to be, like, the doctor captain of the spaceship, oh, wow. and also, like, if I made it, and, yeah, <laughs> and if I made it and passed this test, I would, like, get to see, like, my family again, so I thought I was, like, gonna see, like, uh, Ryan and my mom and my dad and like it was just like it was a weird and I kept forgetting that I was on acid like um, at first like I kept turning off the lights because I would hear like things get really stressful out in the emergency room and then for some reason I felt like it would be better if I just like turned the lights off but then they'd be like you have to keep the lights on and I'd be like oh yeah I'm sorry I totally forgot like I want acid I forgot oh. and it was, it was weird <laughs> so like it wasn't bad like I've never I still haven't had like a bad trip on acid but I 
uh, you know, spent a night in the hospital. That was probably like six grand that oh, wow. didn't need to be spent on an ambulance. Yeah. And then the next day they just like let me go home. And then I was like, oh, it's just weird. And like, that was just a weird, like I felt so like, I felt like I was the center of the universe, but at the same time, I felt like it didn't matter, like, anything that I did. Like, nothing mattered, so it was fine. Like, it was so weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, eventually I was really angry still. Um, I found out that my neighbor was had, like, been kicking my dog for pooping in his yard, which I didn't know that Jasper had been pooping in his yard because I would have, like, cleaned it up or been, like, I'm in. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I found out that my neighbor was kicking Jasper um, because his family, like, told me, um, and I was like, oh, that sucks. Well, that guy's, like, a big old jerk, because I've seen him, like, get into, like, these big screaming matches with his girlfriend, who's, like, deaf, who, like, owns the house that he lives in, oh. and he would, like, be kicking her out of her house, and it's, like, not even his house, and, uh, I don't know, I just, it's, like, I started to really, really hate my neighbor. <laughs> like, I really liked his girlfriend, Babette, like, I'd give her rides and stuff, and, like, I really liked her daughter and her daughter's boyfriend, they'd come over, and we'd, like, smoke weed together, and um, they were, like, their whole family is deaf for some reason, and so I was, like, learning how to do sign language with them, and they were really cool, but then they would just tell me about, like, what a jerk, that dude, I can't even remember his name, I think it's, like, Robert or something, doesn't matter, but, um, yeah, I don't know, I just, like, really found out all these horrible things about him, and was like, you know what, this is so lame, so, like, one day I decided to write him a card, and on the front of the card, it was, like, part of a gift card set that I got in Washington that said like you're the shit but it was in like fancy fancy gold wording and then there was like I can't remember what the other cards said like fan fucking tastic they were like swear cards mm-hmm. they were like fancy swear cards so anyway I wrote him one um card that just said like it's not okay to kick my dog and it's not okay to abuse your girlfriend and if you don't stop um I will and your victimness, or I'll make you kill yourself. My people are coming for you, something like that. <laughs> and, um, uh. yeah, which is like a bunch of like BS. Cause like I didn't have any people that were coming for him, and I wouldn't like ever kill him or like make him kill himself, but I was just so angry. And for some reason, I thought that that would like make things better by writing that note and like leaving it at his house. But, uh, yeah, not so much. She just like called the cops, and then I got arrested again. <laughs> oh. So. Yeah, so that's uh, like what happened last September, <laughs> oh. and um, yeah, so then I went to jail again, and it was weird because like after I had that hospital incident with acid, I stopped taking it. Um, the doctor just like on my discharge papers like don't take acid, and so I was like, okay, I won't take any more acid because I had been taking a lot, and um, like we would take like a half dose almost every morning just to get like a body high. Mm. And I've heard that acid kind of, like, sticks around in your spine. So, um, I know that I stopped smoking, or smoking, I stopped uh, taking acid, like, March 25th or 26th. And then I got arrested on April 11th, or I think April 10th. And um, I hadn't, like, taken any acid. I didn't even, like, smoke a bowl that morning. I felt, like, totally fine. Um, But that was the morning that I wrote, like, the death threat. And by the time I got to, like... Because I had to go to the hospital first because I had, like, some cuts on my arm from, like, breaking a window in my house. Because, mm. um, yeah, like, I remember my neighbor would come over after he read the note. Um, we got into, like, a yelling match, and he was, like, yelling at me, like, 
saying all this mean stuff, and then I'm sure I was, uh, yeah, saying, like, mean stuff back, but I remember at one point I, like, um, well, there was a window that needed to be replaced from breaking it, like, a few days ago, and so I was, like, oh, I'm fixing this window, so I was, like, cracking out the glass to, like, get it so I could, like, clean it all out, but anyway, I ended up, like, cutting my hand, and then, so that just, like, made me more angry, and then, yeah, and then the cops came. So before I got arrested and went to jail, like uh, I had to go to the hospital first and get some stuff super glued back together. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, and then I don't know. Like I hadn't taken any acid that morning or any like even that week. But by the time I got to jail, like I was like, like I felt like I was on acid because I don't know. I just felt like I was the center of everything. Like when I got booked into my cell um, within like 15 minutes. Uh, the jail caught on fire, like right below where I was. So oh, like, wow. I, was, I was looking out my window. Yeah, it was really strange. Um, I was looking out my window and like, um, like all of a sudden like fire trucks came in and started like <laughs> putting water right below like the window where I was. And I guess like, um, in the end it was just like, uh, the dryers, like one of the dryers had caught on fire. But in my mind, it was like, everybody knew that I was getting arrested and that I didn't deserve to be in jail. So like people were trying to get me out of jail by like setting it on fire type deal. Oh. Uh, like that's what I thought was happening in my head. Sounds and, like, like a better story. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, they're just trying to get me out. Um, but it was just, yeah, it was just so weird. I like, I felt like I was on acid, but I hadn't taken any for a while. So I don't know if it was just like it storing up in my spine. Um, but yeah, so that happened, and then I was in jail for five months, which was crazy because that's a long time yeah. in jail. <laughs> they like normally it's three months in Jefferson County, I think, to get to like your court or like sentencing or something. Um, but they put like a 90 day hold on mine just because they wanted to do a mental health evaluation on me because I was like acting crazy when I came in. And um, I was so angry about being in jail. Like, I get really angry when I'm in jail. Like, I get, like, super erratic and, like, will, like, yell and bang on the wall and stuff and be like, this isn't fair. Because I, like, feel like in my heart I don't deserve to be in jail. So I'm like, well, you guys don't understand. Like, I'm, I shouldn't be here. But that doesn't, like, make the situation any better. Yeah. Um, but, so, yeah, I was just acting, like, really, really crazy when I, like, went in there. Everyone thought I was, like, on drugs and that. Like, yeah, and so I was actually in, like, the, the shoe, which is, like, the hospital part um, for the first two or, like, no, I think, like, four days because they thought I was going to have, like, withdrawals and they just wanted to, like, monitor me. Um, but I didn't have any withdrawals. And, like, the only thing that was, like, bad was my lacerations that I had in my hands. They were getting infected. <laughs> Um, but they, like, weren't allowed to give me any antibiotics for for some reason. Oh, wow. So, like, yeah, so it was kind of, like, I don't know. I was, like, fine. Once I realized I was in jail, I started, like, I Quilting? Know, they... <laughs> I tried. <laughs> that was, like, the first thing I asked. I was, like, when can I be a trustee? Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. But they didn't have a quilting floor in Jefferson County. Oh. They, I don't know, if you're a trustee, you get to serve food or clean well, I still wanted to be a trustee. It's just they didn't offer it. Um, I don't know. This jail was a lot different than Flagstaff jail. Like, it was so different. I realized how nice I had it in the Flagstaff jail when I went to Jefferson County. But then even that, like, it's still, jail's not that bad. It's not where you want to hang out. But, I don't know, compared to concentration camps, it could be a lot worse. 
<laughs> yes, that's true. I guess when but, you um, there's always something to compare it to. Yeah. Well, and that's like what, one of the things that made me feel better was there was like Corey Ten Corey Ten Boom books, and so I read a couple of them, and so like reading those books and just like hearing about her being like I don't know part of the Holocaust and like how horrible it was, I was like this this is actually like really fine. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know. Like we didn't have lights, we didn't have like straw mats, and like we weren't starving or like, standing out know, in the cold. Kind of. And if you exactly. fall over, exactly. you get beat up. Yeah, for hours and hours. Yeah, like the cops aren't allowed to touch you. Um, I guess the hardest part of jail is just the other inmates. Really. Yeah. Um, there was one deputy that like I just and even until like my last day there, like I couldn't like her. Um, like, when I was in jail, uh, in Flagstaff, a lot, like, I felt like all the guards and the cops, they were still nice, unless you gave them a reason to, like, be a jerk to you, which some people did, because, you know, they're, like, angry. Um, they would be nice to you until you gave them a reason not to, but I felt like in Jefferson County, like, they were jerks to you until you, like, earned their respect. Mm. So, like, towards the end of my five months, like, the guards, the deputies were pretty cool, except for this one. <laughs> this one that just, I felt like she, I don't know, she was just so mean like at one point she like threw away my bible she made me throw away my bible because it like i had used a piece of um sticker for my deodorant stick to like tape the cover back on she like made me throw it away because it was considered contraband and i was like well what if i just take off the cover and she was like no and it was like a really unique bible because it was um just like I don't know, they have so many different kinds of Bibles in jail, but it was like the free on the inside Bible, but it was the New King James Version, and whoever had had it before me had just marked it up so much, and like, I feel like a couple people had marked it up, and then I also like marked it up, so I was just like, oh, there's like, every page you can turn to something, and like something like a verse will pop out or something, Yeah. and so I was really excited about it, and I was like, oh, and then she like made me throw away, I actually started crying, which was really, like, I don't know, I was just like oh, why are you being such a jerk? Like, you don't have to do this. Like, I go to church every week with this same Bible, and, like, for some reason, you're just going to, like, make me throw it away this week. Uh, but I had to get a new one. She's fine. It had a dollar bill in it, too, which was totally even more contraband. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Because you're not supposed to have money in jail. Yeah. So I ended up, like, flushing the dollar bill. It was such a weird situation to be in. Because, <laughs> like, I don't know, my cellmate and I, like, I open the Bible and I, like, see this, like, perfectly pressed, like, fresh dollar bill. And they're like, what? What? How did this get here? Because it's, I don't know, it's like a dollar bill. You can't, unless, like, someone, like, put it up inside themselves. Like, you don't bring money into jail. Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, and then my roommate, she was like, oh, what are you going to do? Like, are you going to keep it? Like, keep it in the stash spot? Or, I don't know. It's, like, so weird because in jail, it's like, oh, it's a dollar. So it's like a big it's worth a lot but at the same time it's like such a hassle because it's like contraband you get killed for having it so I ended up just like flushing it (laughs) and my cellmate was like that was so dumb and I was like well it's like so dumb if I got in trouble for a dollar bill yeah exactly but it was a weird (laughs) situation but um yeah the second time I was in jail too I was in the medium security the whole time so I did have to go to general population where they just have like hundreds of girls in like a big gymnasium type deal in that medium security. Like it was two girls in a cell and then we'd have two floors and each floor would have their separate like out time to do whatever. Um, so it was, 
kind of nice because we had our like quiet time and we can get away from the other cellmates if they're being annoying. Yeah. We're not allowed to come in ourselves and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know. And yeah, and then like there's just less girls there. So I've heard it was a lot better. For a while, I was trying to get down to general population because it's like you could be, if we don't have like an hour of workout time, it's like you can have workout time all day. Mm. Um, but then I heard it's just a lot more drama because a lot more people are on drugs because they're just coming off of the street. A lot of them are like withdrawing, and then there's just tons of drugs down there, and a lot of I don't know pregnant ladies puking on stuff. I guess. Oh jeez. And so it smells really bad. Yeah, it just seems like, or it sounds like the worst. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I actually, I don't know. I made a lot of friends in jail, <laughs> not like lifetime friends, because I actually haven't really talked to any of them since I got out. Um. But I don't know. Towards the end, like everyone was really nice. They really, like, took care of me because I would sing songs and, like, draw pictures. And um, I don't know. So even though the whole time I was in jail, I never had money on my books or anything. I still had, like, fancy shampoo. And I even had, like, a pair of headphones, which are, like, the most expensive things on commentary. And they were, like, discontinued. Yeah. And so, like, they weren't even selling them anymore. But I, like, still had a pair. So, like, everyone took care of me. And even with that pair, like, I'd have to get a battery every week, which I never had money to buy a battery with. But the ladies there just like were super nice to me and it was kind of I feel like it was <laughs> kind of good for like my social skills because I had just like literally like oh well, I guess not I was living with like friends and, and being more social but it helped me deal with like I don't know um what am I trying to say here like I got to experience like having to live with people that you don't want to live with but you have to like make it work yeah <laughs> this kind of situation so like, I don't know, those are, like, kind of a big old learning experience. And then when I actually went to jail, the second time is, um, uh, yeah, I, like, started reading books. I read this book called, like, Everybody Needs to Forgive Somebody. And it was some Catholic book, but it started, like, it got me thinking about, like, God again and just, like, what I was doing with my life and, like, what had been wrong. <laughs> and, like, just looking back, like, um I don't know, especially since, like, after my mom died, like, my life was just kind of, like, a slower, like, downward spiral, and -hmm. at first it was, like, okay, I think I can handle this, but then it started getting worse, and then the last, since, like, 2013, 2015, it was just, like, out of control. I don't even remember. I think it was, like, a month or two in, but I read that book, and then I, like, uh, gave my life back to God. (laughs) I just want to say back to God, but just, like, rededicated my life. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like it kind of just like changed so much about like what I used to be into and even like I don't know I have my journal of like 400 pages <laughs> that I wrote while I was in jail oh, and it's wow. so weird like going back and reading yeah because I wrote a lot there's nothing to do in jail and um yeah so after like going back and just reading some of the first entries like it's so weird how different like my thought process was and how I just like I don't know, when I first got to jail, I was like, oh, I'm going to, like, do this so good, and I'm going to, like, smuggle and do all this bad stuff, and, like, I just can't wait to get out of jail, and I don't really care about, I don't know, anything. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say, but, yeah. um, I don't know. Towards the end, it was just, like, totally different. I don't know. I think jail, like, was kind of crazy and stuff, but it was, like, exactly what I needed the second time. The first time was too short. Or I don't know. Like, 
the wrong gym. I think gym. God was still trying to get my attention, but I was still, it wasn't like long enough, I guess, for it to stick, sadly. Did, so what happened but, when you got out? You, I mean, you kind of said you started going to church in jail. Like the nice thing about jail is there's like not a whole lot to do, but what there is to do, it's like either church or I guess it's pretty much just church. They have a lot of like NA and AA and every Sunday uh, there was a church service and then on I think Tuesdays and Thursdays there was a Bible study and so also like I first started going just um, because it would get me out of the cell like we'd get to leave and go to a different like room yeah. and so I would kind of just go to every class that they offered except for the Catholic ones um, but uh yeah, so I started going to all of those, and I was kind of, like, excited, too, because I was like, oh, well, I'm down to debate, like, I can debate, I, like, grew up in the church or something, uh, but in the end, like, it kind of just was like, oh, no, I remember doing this, and I, like, missed going to Bible studies, and it was nice just being in that environment and having, like, encouragement, and then eventually, towards the end, like, I ended up meeting with three of the chaplains, like, once a week, so. Oh, nice. I was, like, pretty busy, yeah, and I started going to um, celebrate recovery, which is like a faith-based 12-step program. So I started that in jail, and I didn't really finish it. I went to one meeting when I got out of jail, and then it happened to be on like a Tuesday, and then I ended up working every Tuesday. But so I finished Celebrate Recovery. But um, one thing I was kind of scared of is like a lot of the girls say like, oh, um, you just pray for the stay, and you like get into Jesus while you're in jail. But then they're like, once you get back in to the real world, like, you'll go back to just being, like, who you used to be. And so I was really worried that was going to happen. And um, I just kept praying about it. And I was like, no, i got to keep going to church. Like, I'm not going to let myself, like, go back. <sighs> but I was worried about it, and I prayed a lot about it. And then when I got out, um, I found a church. It took, like, I don't know, the first church I went to was the Mile High Church. Mm. It's like a, yeah, it's like um, one of those, uh, everything churches, I guess. Uh. Like, yeah, they have like, I don't know, I guess they like respect every religion. Oh. Um, but so they teach like, they teach about Jesus, but they don't teach that he's the son of God. They teach that he's just a great teacher that we, we can learn from. And so that church, I don't know, it was weird. Like it was so, it just gave me weird vibes from the beginning, but I just kept getting super weird, super weird. Like, at the end, everybody, like, stands up and hugs and holds hands. And <laughs> I got, like, a carnation, and, like, people were coming up to me, and they were just like, you're so pretty. And, like, it was it was nice, but it was just it, it, something felt so weird about it. And um, they had, like, this big stage with a bunch of big chairs. And there was, like, four or five chairs at the top of that, like, fancy people would go sit in. Or I don't know who they were. Um, but, yeah, it was just, like, kind of weird. And then the week after that, I found Grace Fellowship, and I went I think because Kathy Arminio, Arminio told me to like Google or to check out some church that was called Grace, I think maybe. Mm-hmm. And so I just Googled it and I don't even know if it was the same church she was trying to tell me about, but um, I don't know. I went and it's an awesome church. Like I was kind of feeling weird and like nervous because just going to church by myself, kind of yeah. awkward. But um, it was the friendliest church I've ever been to. Like at least five people came up and like introduced me. Or introduce themselves to me. They're just like, I've never seen you before. Like, How are you? And oh, so, that's nice. Um, yeah, it was super cool. I was like, great. Well, I'll just keep going back here since everyone's really friendly. I met um, like Sandy Peterson, who is kind of like, 
know, one of my favorite ladies at the moment. Um, she's older, and we like to get Thai food together. But like, we just recently uh, did worship for like the women's retreat, and we ended up staying in the same room with her daughter and her daughter's new boy, who's like three months old. Ooh. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> but yeah, and then also like at Grace Fellowship, they're like looking. They had just gotten a new pastor, and then they were just. I guess a couple new pastors, so I don't know. The church has been going through like a, a bit of a change, which is kind of cool because it used to be like an older people, smaller church, um, and now it's starting into more more generations of people, I guess. And they're like talking about expanding, and we have like a plan to like start a state church and stuff. But um, uh, they have like life groups, so one of the first things I did was sign up for a life group, and I started going to that, and so it was awesome. I don't know. The church has been such a blessing. Like actually getting out of jail and everything that's happened to me since, and even in jail, has been like incredible. Um, like I didn't know where I was gonna live when I got out of jail because my trailer, like I guess I got evicted while I was in jail, uh. um, and they moved all my stuff out, which I didn't know about that until like I heard about it in court because like one of the neighbors said that, but I never received an eviction notice, um, and I owned the trailer, so I'm assuming they're just evicting me from the lot. I did know that like a bunch of people, or I do know that a bunch of people were living and squatting in my house when I first went to jail. Um, Cause I had a couple of friends that like went over to the house looking for me. And when they got there, like a bunch of people were in my trailer and none of them even knew who I was <laughs> or like oh, who wow. this guy person was. Yeah. So I don't know what happened with that. And I kind of like, I stressed out about it a lot. And uh, I, I feel like I had to pray about it like every night, just like, Lord, like, I'm thinking about this trailer and I was stressing about it and just didn't know what I was going to do when I got out of jail. Like if I'd have to get rid of the trailer, um, how I was going to move it, if it's too grand or if I was going to have to sell it. And like, while I'm stressing out about this, like I knew my lot, my lease was up in like September 21st and I got released September 10th. So Uh like, I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like if I'm, and then with just the, I wasn't really supposed to go back to the trailer park. Um, cause I'm not supposed to like contact the, um, victims in my case, but they're all my neighbors. So it's like, so I can't, like, I didn't want to go back to the trailer park at all. Um, so I just like, didn't know what was going to happen or what I would, if, um, like what I would find. Uh, my friend Nikki was trying to like get my title in order and everything. Um, so that I could like use it even to bail myself out of jail, like the title is my trailer. Um, and she said that like the owners of the, like the landlords were just like super sketchy. And like, once you go down to the office, they'd be like, no, like, I don't know. I guess it was just like a weird thing, but I didn't know what I was going to do when I got out of jail and they, they like released me in the evening. I had court. I think I like legitly got released from jail at like 1030 in the evening at night. And, um, so I didn't know what to do. Like all the shelters were closed. I was up in Golden, Colorado, <laughs> which is like mm, 20 miles from Lakewood. Mm-hmm. And um, there's like a light rail, but oh, so they gave me a, a bus pass and like a phone call. And so I ended up um, just calling uh, this girl. I met this girl, Nikki Goldsby in jail. And we like were cellmates for like two days, but it was like the best two days of jail ever. <laughs> so we just like sang and danced and like we got along really well but then they like separated us because we were like having too much fun um, (laughs) like yeah like I we were doing like the hustle and 
I remember getting yelled at and like it was one of uh, I don't know it was like the one time that I freaked out in jail because I got put in like I don't know we're doing the hustle like we're just doing the hustle it's not like provocative or anything but it was making a scene and so they yelled at us and told us to go back to our cell and I was like getting really mad so I slammed my cell door and then I got like put into lockdown oh no four hours what is lockdown is it like a smaller room or something uh just where you can't like leave your cell oh okay so it's your same cell you know it was only for four hours yeah so it's the same cell that I sleep in but I wasn't allowed to go to out time um I never got written up but that was like the one time that I got close to like getting written up (laughs) so it's like Um, like jail detention yeah like if um if I had kept being rude and like kept being angry or like slamming the door like banging on stuff then I would have been put on I can't even remember what it's called anymore but there's different like levels but I'd basically just like not be able to leave my cell and I'd have to like eat all my meals in my cell if I got in trouble or something and that could be for like a week or just a couple days I can't remember what it's called um but yeah luckily it never got to that (laughs) but um so Nikki like when I was leaving because I didn't know what I was going to do she was just like here's my mom's phone number like if you don't know what you're going to do just like call my mom call her and I was like whatever I'm not going to like call your mom um But I got out and I didn't know what to do, so I ended up just calling her. And um, yeah, and so I called Tara's mom, or Nikki's mom. Her name is Tara, and she was like, "Oh yeah," like I asked her if I could just come and like use Facebook to see, you know, who like who was online or if I could crash with somebody um, that I knew. And she like, yeah, she was like, "Oh, you can stay the night tonight, I guess," um, and. She was going to, like, have me walk from the light rail, but I have never been to her house before, so she ended up just, like, coming and taking me up from jail. And then um, then we went to, like, the 7-Eleven. She bought me, like, some wasabi peas and some, like, V8 and, like, whatever snacks I wanted. <laughs> and I'm so oh, excited because nice. it wasn't jail food. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and then they just, like, took me back to the house. And um, I stayed for the first night, and then I kind of, like, cleaned up Nikki's room. It was, like, kind of trashed. Um from her just kind of like being on drugs and uh kind of being crazy too um but I helped them like clean up the house and they've just been having me stay here ever since and that's just like a complete blessing they don't charge me rent like I've given her some money once because she was like oh I'm kind of broke and I was like well let me give you some money and she's like no she like won't take it but I don't know it's just like a blessing and it's like a family I'm living with which is pretty cool and then I don't know. Um, it was just crazy, like, how perfectly God has worked everything out for me. Like, yeah. uh, it's, like, insane. Like, I don't, just, like, looking at everything around me now, like, I don't deserve any of this. And, like, God is just, like, I don't know, taking care of me so much. Yeah. Like, I don't, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Do you feel better about, like, because you were saying at the very beginning with, like, depression would come back kind of. Um, when you weren't drinking or doing stuff, has that been a problem now, or do you feel like you're doing better with even depression? Since um, well, I feel like I still get like kind of bummed and depressed uh, when I start thinking about like, oh, where am I? Like, I should be doing other stuff, and that's like the thing I get depressed about the most is like I'm not where I should be. But then I kind of just think like, well, I'm exactly like where God wants me to be, and uh, 
And um, I don't know, like, even though I'm not happy with this situation, right, like, it's not where I want to be in life, like, God is using this time to kind of, like, teach me lessons to, like, be grateful for what I do have. And, like, um, I don't know, I feel like now when I get depressed, I'm kind of just, like, instead of, like, oh, let me just be depressed and try to run away from my feelings, I'm just kind of, like, oh, okay, so what are you, what is, like, God trying to show me? Or, like, what am I supposed to learn from this situation? Yeah. So kind of, like... Now when I get telling me about stuff, I'm kind of just like, oh, like, I'm obviously not where I need to be, and I need to, like, go, I don't know, repent or, like, read the Bible. Usually, um, it's, it's crazy how many times, like, I put off, like, doing devotions or something. Like, I know I'm feeling crappy, and I know that just being in the Word will fix everything. I still, like, have times where I'll, like, wait till the end of the day or, like, <laughs> I don't know, not run to the Lord first, and then still just like, ah. So that still happens, but. um, So you're still human. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm still human. I still get bummed out, but it's, I don't know. It's like I have, I have, I have a purpose now, and like, I don't know. I'm here to like do God's will and not my will, like even when. I was doing a bunch of acid and thought that I was just the coolest. Like, I still felt like I was searching for something or, like, I felt, like, kind of, like, like I was just wandering around aimlessly, kind of trying to, like, get the best out of life. But now it's, like, I'm here for a purpose. And, like, God, I don't know, doing his will is the only thing that's going to, like, fill the void. <laughs> so when I do get bummed out, and I know, and now I have, like, a community to go to, which is awesome because I have especially after this ladies retreat that I went to like last weekend, like, I don't know. There's so many ladies I can go to and it's been that way my whole life. I just, I'm like really good at not talking about things with people <laughs> for sure. And like, if I don't, like if I don't go to church for a day or a week or something, like the pastor will call and to be like, Hey, like, are you okay? I didn't know you were like, on a trip or anything. And so it's like, it's really great. Cause if I am feeling bummed, like they know, <laughs> Yeah, that's really like, great. Let's go get some coffee or something. Yeah, it's cool. crazy. Like God, uh, it's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, it's amazing to like even even just seeing how he God worked in your uh, like physical body. Like even when you had the test done, and you know your liver and your organs are functioning, and you know you've you've survived. <laughs> yeah. Your body survived a lot. I've, yeah, I've gotten myself in so many, like, not sketchy situations, but I feel like just, like, with drugs and with hanging out with random people I meet off the street, like, I feel like there was a lot of opportunity for, like, error or, like, bad things to happen, but God's always kept me safe, like, even yeah. with being drunk all the time and, like, not knowing where I was, you know, like, waking up random spots, like, he always kept me safe <laughs> and, like, nothing yeah nothing horrible happened to me it's awesome yeah that's really cool so you're still in Colorado I think I heard you're planning on moving at some point maybe yeah um so I have to finish my probation which I'm on probation now hopefully the latest I'll be on probation is uh, March 2015 but next month I think uh, I can apply for early termination because uh, I've done everything that I'm supposed to do, and I've graduated from like UAs, and I took the class that they wanted me to take, and um, I've just done everything I'm supposed to. The only thing I have to do now on the checklist is keep my job for six months, 
which I've had it for like a month and a half now. And it's really chill. I don't think, like, I think that should be fine. So, um, like, soon, um, I've kind of, like, started looking for places in, like, Edgewater, which is right next to Lakewood, or somewhere closer to work, like an apartment that I could live in. Mm -hmm. Because I like having my own apartment, and I feel like Bo wants his room back. (laughs) So, um, uh, yeah, so I'm going to do that. But then I think when I'm done with probation and I'm allowed to leave Colorado, I want to start looking to move up to Washington State. Mm -hmm. Because I have family up there, and Janie Smith-Martin is up there. Um, But we'll see where God wants me to go. (laughs) Um, I feel like he, I don't know. I'll be here for a little bit longer. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're Uh, surrounded by a good group of people, too. So it's not like you're trying to get out to get to a better place. Like, you kind of have a good good core group right now. Yeah, I think so. For a while, I was kind of, like, struggling. Just, like, I don't have any friends, and I don't know what I'm doing. But now, like, the church is just awesome. (laughs) There's so many friends there. And then even with work. Um, I get along with all my coworkers, so yeah, I feel like now I'm finally back to the place where I'm like, okay, I'm in, like, I'm still building up and like, I'm saving money for the first time in my life, like legitly, probably since high school. <laughs> um, I've been like saving some of my paycheck and actually keeping it in savings, which is tremendous, I think. <laughs> um, so, and then I have like stuff I do want to buy, but I keep putting it off and then like, I don't know, it's, it's so crazy. So like with the guitar that I got the other day, mm-hmm. um, I've been looking for like an amp to pick up cause I have, okay. So the pastor of Grace Fellowship gave me one of his acoustic guitars that was that his friend Johnny gave him. So I've been like using that to play on, which I think is just awesome as well because, uh, like I, yeah, having a guitar in my life is just so great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think like God really likes me or I don't know to do worship. So, um, yeah. So since like, and kind of like right when I started going to Grace Fellowship, like I got off, off on a, a worship group and start playing the gym bay, I think within like a month or so of like coming to church. And so that was really cool. And then, um, since then I've done like singing and then guitar and I actually like led worship, um, for the, we had a concert of prayer, um, not last Sunday, but the Sunday before, and I got to leave that by myself. Well, not by myself, with this other girl. Um, but I don't know, she sang with me. But yeah, so. Oh, that's awesome. I, I was looking, yeah, I'm like trying to think of what I was going to say. But so I've been involved with like the worship, but then um, I've been looking for a PA, and I thought it was going to be like the first thing that I bought, like when I got my paycheck, but I've just been so weird about spending stuff. And, um, and then, yeah, just randomly. Um, one of my friends, Hannah, from our life group, she's moving, but she's having to get rid of one of her stuff. And she just gave me, like, this pink sparkly guitar and her amp. Oh, that's so awesome. now I have that. <laughs> yeah. And I even have to, like, ask for it or look for it. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness, Lord. Super crazy. So, yeah. And then my friend Ryan is uh, giving me one of his laptops. Um, so I can start recording again because the laptop I've been using it just doesn't work. <laughs> it's like too old and it makes me too frustrated. But I don't know. Like I've had so much stuff. I have a keyboard and a bike. Like God has just prepared so much. Like it's just given me so much to be like, I don't know. It's like crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> to be happy. It's like he wants us to thrive. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. 
So I hope to uh, like record a worship song. That was like one of my uh, New Year's resolutions for this year is to have like a worship album done. And I have a couple of songs that I've been like writing myself, but a lot of the songs that are going to be on there are going to be like, um, like, so I've realized that a lot of my favorite worship songs are from like the early nineties <laughs> and they're like really cheesy <laughs> and, um, super cheesy. Like, I don't know, like that song, like the fire, um, oh, yeah. that has like the echo part. Mm-hmm. I had never heard that recorded cause I've only ever heard it like sung by like our youth group and mm-hmm. like the girls that were in the youth group. So when I actually looked at that song on like Spotify, like I was just like, oh man, this is so cheesy. Like I would not like this song if I had heard it like yeah. original, like the original version. So I want to do just a bunch of those old songs, but like with me and my like little drum machine and guitars. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> oh, nice! That'll be awesome. Yeah. Well, with whatever you sing, yeah. it, you can make it sound amazing. Like I said, I mean, you could probably <laughs> sing the phone book, and it'd be like, this is so great. <laughs> The best number I've ever heard. Man, this I I love that name. Wow, I mean, it's true. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see like what's gonna happen next because I've kind of stopped making plans for my life and like all others. I'm like, I don't know. I guess I have some goals that I'm like wanting to do, but I'm kind of just waiting to see what like God does with me. I just like, I don't know. I'm tired of doing things my way. This yeah. place so much better. <laughs> that does help. Yeah. It's it's hard to give up, but it it does help. <laughs> but anyway, well, thank you so much for, you know, talking and sharing, and letting us hear your story. I know it's going to be encouraging for a lot of people, and you know, I just really appreciate it. So, and I look forward to the next time uh, I hear you on iTunes. It's with uh, your music. Mm-hmm. Bye. See you, Rachel. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, I'd like to encourage you to rate the show on iTunes and leave a review. And also you can subscribe there or you can sc- subscribe on the website, thatinternationallife.com. Yeah, and you you don't want, you want to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode, of course. The intro contest is still going on. So if you have music or ideas for a better intro, which I know I need, please email them to me at rachel at thatinternationallife.com. Also, check out the show notes at thatinternationallife.com and uh, you can see some pictures of Skye, her family, and some of her drawings that she even did in jail. So, uh, some good stuff you can find there. Thanks again so much for listening, and until next time...
your hands I didn't realize that I was so grotesque